Armchair. There's something, I say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? Do you have any idea? Really, this is you what you're doing? Do you have any idea? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. listeners like about our station i like everything it's always on my radio we never stop the music except for now when i talk you're listening to braves country with mac mcgee and the armchair quarterbacks we're here live weekdays 3 p.m eastern to 5 p.m eastern wqee 99.1 fm the key and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. When you order fast food at a college basketball court, make sure you do a step up for Mickey D's. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you on this beautiful Thursday heading into conference championship weekend? We've got so much to react to today. Steven's on the way. Joey's on the way. We've got big moves in the NFL coaching circle and of course, we get to react to some of the some of the asinine things that are being said out there about the Braves offseason. We'll hit off with that as we begin today. I was watching a few of the of the uh, more popular outlets for their uh, podcasts and whatnot on the on the Atlanta Braves offseason, and one of these chuckles was basically saying that the Braves have had a disappointing offseason, gave it a C plus B minus if he was feeling nice that day. And I and I I'm just gonna have to call it like I see it. He didn't isn't know who he's talking about. Does not know what he's talking about. Because if you're if you're comparing it to what you think they should be spending as opposed to what's real well, then you're way off base. If you're comparing it to what you want, you still don't know what you're talking about. If you if you compare it to what's real and what's actually going to take place on the field and what was actually available to them, none of these crazy outlandish trades. The Braves have had a very good offseason, a very good offseason. They're the five-time defending champion of the National League East. They are just one season removed from the World Series championship. They have made the NL 
CS. They didn't make it last year, but prior to that, they'd made it in 2021. They made it three times over the last five years. So to say that they were somehow lost and didn't know what they were doing, they brought in Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy is going to be an outstanding catcher. His offense may not be where you think it should be, but not every not everything is fantasy baseball. Not everything is a video game. The guy can frame behind the plate. He's got phenomenal what they call pop, which means from when the ball pops the catcher's glove to when it pops down at the second baseman's glove. He's one of the top in the game. He's also going to hit and he's going to have a little power. I'd say that he'll get somewhere between 20 to 25 home runs unless he really takes off in the, in the new Atlanta stadium that he'll be playing in. Remember all these numbers that you're seeing him where his, his home run and his power numbers are not that impressive. He did that in Oakland, which is basically the Grand Canyon. So now he's going to come to Truist Park with the short porch, and he's going to be able to, to rake, but he doesn't even have to rake. If he hits his weight and they, and, the, and they can't get him out of the number nine slot the entire season, what he does behind the plate is going to be invaluable. Then you take a look at the bullpen. I feel like that they really up, upstaged their bullpen from last year. Nothing against Kenley Jansen. He's a fine closer, but I, I, I like our closing situation a little better this year. Also like the moves that they brought in to, to bring in a couple of arms. Well, actually four or five arms, if everything breaks right, into that bullpen. And you're going to have lefty righty combos. You're going to have essentially three really good lefties in, the, in that bullpen. And depending on how they decide to play it, three to four guys on, on that team that on any given day with rest, et cetera, you could have in the closer role. I don't think anyone's going to have people. There might be teams out there that you could argue their bullpen may be about as good, but you cannot find a, a bullpen out there that's better. So their bullpen's going to be elite. Their starting rotation, when you think about what they have coming back, Max Freed, they still have him for two more years. And although folks are worried that he, he's going to walk after two years, it's kind of the nature of the business. If it happens, it happens but you get two more good seasons out of them and lesser franchises would have traded him back in the winter to try to get as many prospects as they can and rebuild. But the Braves are going for it once again. So you're going to have Max Fried at the top of that rotation. And I get that all this basis is based on, on health, but you're going to have Max Fried. Then most likely it'll be Strider and Kyle Wright, depending on how they want to do it. One of them will be two. One of them will be three. It really depends on how they want to break them up. Charlie Morton will be four and your number five starter. Take your pick, pick your poison. Most likely Soroka. But if it's not Soroka, I think there's a very good chance that Bryce Elder 
starts the season off as the number five guy if they want to ease Soroka into it. And then, of course, remember, we still have Ian Anderson, who's a World Series champion himself. And though he fell off last year, I still believe in Ian Anderson. I still think that he can be straightened out. He didn't lose his fastball. He lost his command a little bit. And I think what's more, one of the reasons that really lost him the starting rotation, he lost his confidence. And so he's going to be able to bounce back from that. And there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him to come back by opening day. So this team is loaded. And then everyone's freaking out about shortstop and left field. It's going to be a platoon situation. And if I told you that by the end of the year, left field was going to produce around 25 to 30 home runs, which is very possible if you platoon Rosario, Pilar, probably Ozuna, unless they decide to move on. And then, of course, you've got Sam Hilliard that they brought in, and they've and a, and a number number of other moves that they have guys competing. We'll see what the actual roster looks like at the end, but you get the point. There's going to be a lot of different moving parts, and it's going to allow them to realize this: this is an upgrade of nothing else. And God bless them because we everybody loves Guillermo Heredia. But Guillermo Heredia was essentially the mascot for the last couple of years with a really good glove. You could put him in the outfield defensively, but you could not put him at the plate in a game, in a situation that mattered. So instantly the offense gets better. Ozzy Albies comes back. We didn't have Ozzy Albies for the majority of the season last year. That's a huge addition. Ronald Acuna Jr. should be 100% healthy and not sitting there 75% some days, 90% some days. He's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic. He's already pulled himself out of out of the uh, the Venezuelan League because of the fans throwing stuff at him. We, we uh, talked about that yesterday. But the Braves are going to have a very, very, very good team this year and I thought they did an excellent job and and you know what no one AA no one the way Anthopolis works he's probably not done but if he doesn't make another move before opening day this team right now is the favorite in Vegas to win their sixth consecutive division title and that's all you need to know about their offseason follow the money because when it's all said and done, the guys out in Vegas, they handicap this to who they think is the best on paper. And right now, it's the Atlanta Braves. And depending on the book right now, they are they are one of the top favorites to win not just the National League, but they're the top three, top four. Some of them some of the one of the books that's actually top two to win the whole thing. And we all know what happens in October. You got to get hot. You got to play good baseball down the stretch and you hope you're healthy, but the, but, but how you get there is you win the regular season games that makes you 
competitive. All right, let's get into the National Football League and some of the big stuff that's going on out there. And how about the Panthers have hired Frank Reich as their new head coach. I think that is a great move. No matter who they decide to play at quarterback, whether they go with Sam Darnold or probably get someone in the draft, there is a possibility of trades. There's a possibility of free agency. But Frank Reich is the right guy to build on that franchise. I thought he did a pretty good job in Indianapolis. He was just dealing with an impossible impossible situation with that owner. Ursay thinks he knows it all and wants to have his hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. And it was impossible for Frank Reich to get anything going. But you look at the fact that that guy had that team competitive most years. This year you throw away. But he had him competitive on most years. When he kept trying to reshuffle in aging veterans at quarterback, Philip Rivers, he was at the end of his, of his rope, Carson Wentz. I mean, that guy was gone long before he ever came to Indy. And then they bring in Matt Ryan, who's great as he was in his, in his heyday. He, he'd lost his fastball. And then, and then the goofy stuff where they're benching Ryan because they don't want him to hit certain things in his contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The whole thing was just a sham. It's like great, great job by that, by, by Carolina to bring in Reich. And then also huge news out of New York. The New York Jets hired Daniel Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, excuse me, as their offensive coordinator. And why is that big? Well, a lot of the naysayers are going to say, well, that's terrible. He couldn't get it done in Denver. Well, he couldn't get it done with Russell Wilson, who is beyond repair. But what he did do, what he did get done, was several great years with Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. There's rumors of Aaron Rodgers being traded to an AFC team. If you think it's a coincidence that Nathaniel Hackett is heading to Gotham to take over the green machine with the rumors of Aaron Rodgers in the air, no way that that's a coincidence on either end. It's not a coincidence that Hackett took the job. It's not a coincidence that the Jets went after him. So that's what we have going on here today on a unbelievable busy Thursday here in late January, getting ready for the NFL, the NFC, AFC championship games. We're going to step aside for a second, collect our breath, collect our thoughts, bring Steven in. He's going to talk about some prop bets and much, much more. Keep it locked in here on the key. And Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, let's go, people. We've got ourselves one heck of a busy day. Keep it locked in here on 99.1 FM. WQEE and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream.
Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, wah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. It's time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named Best New Cruise Destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit MSCCruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery. Hey, sports fans. It's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country, right here on the key and youtube.com at Braves Country. Welcome back. Getting ready for AFC NFC Championship Weekend NFL News. If you're just joining us, Frank Wright keep pounding, heading towards Carolina to take over the head coaching position. Daniel Hackett leaving Russell Wilson to go to Gotham, take over the Jets, and probably bring Aaron Rodgers east. How are you, Stephen? How the hell are you? What's going on? Man, I'm doing great. Got another great weekend of football. It's the last real weekend of football. But, man, I am so excited for this conference championship uh, Sunday. There's some deal like those games are going to be absolutely just lights out. Fantastic. The NFL pro bowl weekend doesn't excite you. <laughs> I am kind of interested to see like the skills, like the skill contests that they do, but they've got rid of the game. Haven't they? Yep. It's yeah. Like, like it's going to be like, uh, like I'm not sure if you remember it, but like they used to do like, you know, uh, tossing into garbage cans from like 50, 60 yards and just doing sprints. How like how many, how many passes can you catch? And, whatever yeah i'll probably spend that time going outside watching the grass grow that that does not entertain me at all i'm hoping something in, is uh, is worth a hoot on next weekend if not we'll probably take that time to uh do some spring cleaning um the the big news of the day well there's two carolina getting frank Reich. i i really think that that's a solid move 
But then the other one, I just, you, you read the tea leaves, Hackett coming east to the Jets, and there's already rumors out there that the, the, that the Packers are willing to trade Rodgers, but only to an AFC team. I mean, what's a better landing spot than him going to, to his old coach and a team that, oh, by the way, Garrett Wilson, hopefully a healthy Brees Hall. Still got Michael Carter, uh, Elijah Moore. Yeah, I, I was about to say, you got more. I think Davis will still be under contract. That team's going to be loaded. They just need someone to chuck the ball to. Now, I think they would have to find a third team for a trade partner because I don't think – I do not believe um, – well, I guess there's two ways you could go with it. You either send Zach Wilson packing in some part of a trade – and obviously he wouldn't be going to Green Bay because Green Bay's not going to bring him in mm-hmm. with Jordan Love and start that just nightmare of a of a press angle. You could, in theory, I was thinking about this right before we went on the air because when the news broke about Hackett, what if you either package Mike White to go to Green Bay to back up Jordan Love but both of them have had an injury history, so what you know, why not have the two of them just spell quarterback, right? Or you could send Mike White elsewhere in a in, in a three team trade with Zach Wilson sitting on the bench the next couple of years learning the, the craft. I mean, from a football perspective, no, that, that does make total sense. But I, I think Jets fans would riot if they traded Mike White and kept Zach Wilson. I mean, it was very, very clear how the team felt about each quarterback and how the t- fan base felt about each quarterback. I just, that would, uh, that'd be interesting to say the least. Well, the thing about him though, is if you kept him on, if you kept Mike white there, let me see here. Let me see if Mike white's even. Oh, it's a moot point. Mike White's an unrestricted free agent. I thought he still had. Uh-oh. I thought they still had one year of control. Okay, so they'll just let him go. There's no way they're going to try to compete because somebody's going to give him too much money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a guy that can't stay healthy. There's no sense in it. Um, so then Zach Wilson, he either stays there or they get in a trade. Either either a it's a three team trade or b they just send him off in a separate trade. Right. Yeah. Cause you can't send him. You cannot send him to green Bay. Cause then Jordan loves going to be like, really? Is that what we're doing right now? We're bringing this Jack in to, to every single time I throw an incomplete pass. There's going to be a reporter saying, are you worried about Zuck? No. So, you know, that's just uh okay. So with that being said, you could re-sign Mike White as a backup, but I don't think they would do it if they brought in Aaron Rodgers for a number of reasons. A, the money. B, because of what you just said about the locker room being such such pro Mike White, do you really want that? If if you've got Aaron Rodgers coming, does Aaron Rodgers want to deal with that? Right. See, I don't think it'd be like that much of an issue with Rodgers because I mean it's it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean there's there's not going to be a question there. But it's more of a if the if there was a choice between keeping Wilson and keeping White in that locker room, and the front office chose uh, Wilson over White. It's not so that it's pro, they're pro White; it's they're anti Wilson. 
I get that, but at the same token, anytime that Aaron Rodgers was dealing with an injury or had a bad game, there this is New York. People in New York, writers in New York always try to find an angle to get because there's so many outlets trying to to vie for the eight and a half million people's eyeballs, right? That they're always trying to come up with some kind of angle to get you to open a link, whatever. Watch watch their show, whatever. Um I don't see them bringing Mike White back be, for that very reason. And he, he made 2.5 last year, and he was essentially a nobody, right? He had a pretty – was about two or three really good games this year when healthy. Yeah, about that. He's probably going to command much more out, somewhere out on the open market. I'm yeah, not I mean, one thing to keep in mind is one of those good games was against the Vikings. True, but all in all, Mike White was Mike White was good when he was healthy. When they should have never had him in that Seattle game, he was battling injury. He looked terrible. Though from the moment that ball was snapped, I watched that game almost to the to the entirety because I had the Jets in the points. And as soon as the ball was snapped, and I was like, "This is not the same guy." He's wincing after every throw. They shouldn't have put him out there. Yeah. So I think he's going to go somewhere. Either a he's the assumed starter, or he has a very good chance of of uh, getting the starting gig. And I mean, honestly, a, a great landing spot for him would be somewhere like Tennessee, right? Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was going to ask you, like, how do you how he would fit in there? If you're going to cut ties with Tannehill, and it's going to cost you, I, I think we looked it up yesterday. It was fourteen and a half off the cap. Oof which is better than paying him 32, 33, or I think it's right at 35. You wouldn't have to pay Mike White the 20 difference, I don't believe, and I think he gives you a better chance. And then you still, I would still bring back Dobbs. Don't get me wrong, I'm bringing back Dobbs. I'm bringing back Dobbs. I'm signing White, and you still have Willis, who's probably going to be on the practice squad at that point trying to develop him over the next season or so. Yeah. Unless they can find a trade partner. Someone falls in love with Willis and says, we want him. And <laughs> the way he is not in the favor of Mike Vrabel, it probably wouldn't take much for someone to get him as a backup, right? If yeah. you wanted whoever ends up with Lamar Jackson, if they wanted a, a poor man's Lamar Jackson, they probably wouldn't have to send the Titans much to go. What do you want for Willis? And the, and the answer is probably going to be something around the lines of, well, um, can you just essentially pay for his plane ride? <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, it's going to be that. I'll tell you something else. Another little inkling that I get in this offseason, a very good chance of a landing spot for a quarterback who's out there on the market, who's not happy, wants to get paid. They were in the discussion for getting Deshaun Watson, and it fell through. What about Lamar Jackson to the Atlanta Falcons? Don't get me excited. I have Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts in both my dynasty leagues. I, 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 I think it, it almost makes so much sense that it'll never happen, right? Yeah. They, can, they, they definitely have the room to spend. That we, defense isn't terrible. 
No, it's like they, not. they have some talent. Like they 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 can compete with that defense. And they and you know what they have too is they they have very Raven like personnel, meaning they have multiple backs with Algier and Patterson. You talk about Patterson in a Lamar Jackson offense. Ooh. He could go wide. He he could stay in the backfield. They could come up with all kinds of different fun things to do with with Cordell Patterson, right? Yeah, that just I I couldn't even that'd be scary. That's all I gotta say. Lamar Jackson on the turf. Dude. If he can stay healthy, bro. And then Don't get, with Arthur Miller's connections to Tennessee and Vrabel, he could probably then go on the horn and go, give me Malik Willis. I'll give you a fifth round draft pick for two years from now. And, then he, and he'd probably say, take him. And then you, you would have a guy that you could work out that could act that it could essentially run that same offense when he's hurt. Yeah. Just kind of like in the, the same vein that Tyler Huntley's doing right now. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it makes so much sense. You know, these types of things never happen. It makes so much sense. And I'll tell you something else. You know who is suspiciously quiet? And then we'll get to the DFS. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on a roll today. You know who is suspiciously quiet this week? Considering the fact he's never quiet. He's, he, he's always on local media. He's always talking about the future. The last time this guy was suspiciously quiet, is is when he brought in a, a new coach. Where has Jerry Jones been? He hasn't come yeah. out and said McCarthy's our guy. You got Michael Parsons over there throwing Dak Park Prescott under the bus. Yeah, it is not pretty out there. What where has he been? And I looked at the numbers today. You couldn't get rid of Dak this year. It's impossible. Yeah. An 89 or 88 or 89 million dollars hit against me cap or uh dead cap <laughs> you can't you can't do that you have to ride with Dak right yeah. but where is Jerry Jones and to that same point where is Sean Payton are they on the same yacht yeah I mean it's drinking my ties near the Fox studio I don't know where he's going, but it's going to be a massive package for Sean Payton. And the Cowboys would do it because Jerry knows that if he wants to see a Super Bowl before he kicks it, this is probably his last ride. Yeah. And let's be honest. Payton could get in there for one year and tell him we can make it work with Dak or man, we got to go a different direction because next year there's an out to get out of Dak's contract. See, I, I mean, like the biggest thing for Dallas that would help them is, I mean, like obviously to help everybody, but getting like really securing that home field advantage. Cause I mean, just, they're not good on the road. They went into um, San Francisco and didn't really look that competitive. I, I really don't think if they would have won, they would have, do you really think they are them going into Philly uh, in the cold last year in Dallas in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Any, McCarthy 0 4 now against San Fran. Any way you look at it, there's something going on. Like just Kellen Moore has been out interviewing for coaching jobs, head coaching jobs. I don't know why anyone would hire Kellen Moore, but he's been out there and you haven't even seen normally, man, you get these sound bites from Jerry Jones who wants to be in the middle of it all. What is going on? That's all I'm saying. Definitely is fishy. All right, let's go ahead and get into 
the DFS for this week. Gonna go ahead and I got this thing set up ready to rock. There we go. Let me get the the uh the comment off the screen so it's easier to see. All right, where are you going with your DFS play? You only have four teams playing this week, so the pickings is slim. Where are we going? So with these small, small, like the small slates, like usually three to two games, I it's it is imperative to get at least two to three studs in your lineup. You're trying like usually like like with a you know normal nine to ten uh, team slate. There's all like a bunch of different ways you can go to get um, the certain points you know, to like to win that tournament. But here you just kind of got to, you have to pick your couple studs and just kind of ride with it and, and find a way to differentiate. Uh, so right now I'm going, I went with uh, Jalen Hurts at 7,200. I It's obviously not a great matchup with the San Fran defense, but I love that um, he's at home. They have the three hour time difference. I like, like it doesn't play as much of a factor because it's not a one o'clock game, but I just something feel like I, I got a feeling uh, Philly's going to win this game. Okay. Well, hey, so going- that's what you have to do. If you, if you believe a team is going to win, that's that's who you got to ride with, right? Yeah, I mean, like also that it's – I have a strong feeling that most of the ownership in these contests are going to go to Joe Burrow, 6,800, or Brock Purdy at 5,300 trying to save some money. So Jalen Hurts is going to be – like if he goes off, not many people are going to have him. That automatically sets your lineup uh, apart. So okay. What I else went in a – I paired him with uh, AJ Brown, seven thousand. All right, so you got Brown and Hurts. What else? Yeah, since you're since you're at receiver, I went uh, Tyler Boyd at thirty eight hundred and Kadarius Tony at thirty seven hundred. I like I like the little mini stack there. Tony really got a lot of work last week. Seven targets, I worked a lot out of the slot, and I think he's going to be uh, heavily used again this week with a touchdown possibility, and Boyd again. Uh, like you know, the, I, I think uh, since he's going to have to throw, and once again, just working the slot, I think Boyd has a good matchup, and he has a uh, chance to have a great game, especially at that price. What's your running backs? Joe Mixon, sixty-five hundred. Once again, there's outside. Like McCaffrey is questionable this week. I'm not sure the health there, and I'm not comfortable spending eight thousand, not knowing if he's hundred percent. So I'm Mixon at sixty-five hundred, and then Jarek McKinnon at fifty-four hundred trying to save a little money there, but I like, again, I think this is a McKinney's been heavily involved. God, was it eight weeks now? I mean, he, he's basically the top back in this offense. I think he's got a great opportunity here, catching passes out of the backfield. And then I went to tight end Travis Kelsey, not much explanation there uh, needed there far and away, the best tight end on the slate. Uh, like I, I'd rather, you know, throw him in there and have him get me 10 points than sure miss out on that at when everybody has him. And then, so what, like the one wrinkle that I did to make this lineup different, I went uh tight end in the flex. I went George Kittle at 5,200. Uh, the Eagles linebacking core is, I mean, like they're good, but they are kind of a little bit undersized. And Brock Purdy has used uh, Kittle as his security blanket. Um, all this, like, like ever since he's come in, Philly's got a, a strong pass rush and uh, like, they're going to be getting after him. He's, he's going to be looking to get the ball out quickly. And if you got McCaffrey hurt, you have Elijah Mitchell even hurt. I think he's going to be looking uh, to Kittle early and often. In your defense, Eagles at twenty eight hundred. Okay. So I originally went with the Bengals, just trying to punt it, but figured I'd just spend up and get the home defense. 
So you got Hertz, Mixon, McKinnon, AJ Brown, Tyler Boyd, Kadarius Tony, Kelsey Kittle, and the Eagles if you're playing at home, and the remaining salary is six hundred if you want to play with that at home and move in and out. I I would be really, really all over the Bengals defense this week because I am positive that Mahomes is going to play, and I'm positive he's going to be he's playing hurt. So I don't know. I mean, he was a full participant of practice yesterday, and all the video, all the reports where he was running around pretty good. Did you see the press conference? Did you see him walking off the steps? No, he was favoring that leg, and he was definitely going down, going down each time, keeping keeping the weight off of that one leg. I've 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 been there before. I I've I've injured my leg before, and when you're as opposed to like a normal plop plop right left all the way down the stairs he was going one down one down one down one down and that's that's a sign to me that he is not now look i'm not a doctor but i do play one here on radio uh, <laughs> i'm just going with the fact that they have handled him pretty well and i would want the cheapest defense and take a chance i'm I'm definitely not spending money for, and look, I still like the Kelsey move. I still like the McKinnon move because those guys, first of all, they're going to get mismatches and also McKinnon. Um, he's perfect for short swing passes out of the backfield. If you end up with Henny or if you end up with an immobile Patrick Mahomes who, who has to be checked down Charlie, cause he's not going to be able to run around. I like my chances. Uh, uh, real quick, did want to address the trade in the National League East. And let me go ahead and get that up there. Um, the For folks that uh, may not be 100% familiar with these guys, the one thing I like about this trade, it's one of the few trades in the offseason, that we got names that we didn't have to Google. Right, you got Pablo <laughs> Lopez and Luis Arias. Both of these guys are frontline guys. You're not going, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> what what year can I expect him to participate? <laughs> right. So yeah. I love the non Google trade. <laughs> so tell me some things that you are hearing out of Miami about what they're going to do with not just what they're where they're going to put areas, but also how the rest of the lineup is going to go. So right now, uh, I mean, like the initial concern coming in with Arias being a short uh, second baseman that uh, Jazz Chisholm, who plays second base, that there was going to be some kind of conflict and they were going to have to find another place for Arias, which if they did that, he would have eventually, like, eventually gone to first, which would have shifted the whole outfield and it would have just caused a huge mess. So Jazz Chisholm actually went and volunteered. He's going to take over in center field uh, this year. I mean, he definitely has the athletic ability to do it. He has the speed for the range. He's got the arm. Um, and I mean, like, like him being able to do that allows Arias to slide in at second, keeps, uh, it keeps, uh, Jesus Sanchez at DH cause he's not, he's not really that good of a fielder. So he like, he kind of, is he like, we're able to hide his uh, glove, but still keep him in the lineup. I, I like what the Marlins are doing. And I'll tell you why on jazz Chisholm's part, when he becomes a free agent, typically you make more money at center field than you do at, at, at second base. Exactly. So, and you can extend your career. Now, yeah, you're going to be running a lot 
but there's less banging. It's not quite as detrimental as it used to be back when you had collisions at second, trying to turn the double plays, but still outfielders tend to have much longer and less injury prone careers. And so, yeah, I I, look, if he can play it and there's nothing that makes me think he can't play it. I think it's a brilliant move. I saw the quote where he he said, uh, I'm going to go out there and win the gold glove. That's great, but he, 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 you don't have to do that. You just said, as long as you're not a liability out there, it'll be fine. No, of course he doesn't have to do it, but I mean, like, like if you're a player, why, I mean, are, are you going to say anything else? Like, oh yeah, I'll go out there and I'll, I'll do my best coach. No, of course he's going to go say, like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be the, I'm going to win the gold glove. That's what Marcel Ozuna has been saying. <laughs> Both Ugh. at the plate and in the field. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Your best ain't good enough. <laughs> That's why I went and got Kevin Pilar off the scrap heap. Yeah. I, I, I really, and look, I like to move for, for Minnesota too. They needed starting pitching. Lopez had a bad second half last year, but if, if they can write the ship, he's been really good over the last few years. And if he, if they can write the ship, that that's a, that's a sneaky good pitching staff there that they're developing in Minnesota. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that Tyler mail went there. Right. And so you, you've got him, you've got Lopez, you've got a pretty deep. I don't know if they have an ACE per se, but they got a lot of guys that you could argue are number twos and number threes across the board. I mean, I think right now their intention is uh sunny grays, the ACE. Once again, I don't know if he's an ACE. Yeah. And when well, I say, I, ace, I'm not saying I don't think he's an ACE, but he might be their number one, but I don't, but he's not an ace ace to me. There's, there's very few in, in major leagues and you can still win without an ace, right? Yeah. There's probably five to six per league. When you think about aces, you can still win without an ace. I mean, in theory, the, well, the Marlins have had at least two aces on their team for the past 15 years, and look where that's gotten them. Yeah, I, I was also sitting here trying to think of the teams that went to the playoffs last year. Who doesn't have a quote-unquote ace? It depends on how you would define it. But Do you, do you consider Aaron Nola an ace? No, but Zach Wheeler is. Zach Wheeler is a, is a beast. Um, no, I, I, I think he's... I think Aaron Nola is a is a two. He would be a he would be a one on a lot of teams, but he's not an ace. But he's a two, maybe three on bad days. You know, obviously the oh, Mets yeah. have an ace. Obviously the Braves have Freed, and Miami has Alcantara. But I don't know if if St. Louis has an ace anymore, because unless we see something different from Flaherty, and they're probably going to win their division. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I think it's a really good move by them um, across the board. And to me, it's a, it's, I'm a little surprised more teams weren't aggressive to go after Lopez and to go after areas. I didn't even oh, realize yeah. that he was even being rumored to be traded out of there. No, same here. I mean, like I saw his name pop up and it was, I was just like, I did not. I just didn't expect it. Yeah, that. I mean, if you think about what 
what they could get out of that. If they could get him, does he become the leadoff hitter? I mean, he's got to be at least, yeah, like he'll probably be leadoff. He doesn't have that much power, but I mean, he is probably, he's got to be one of the best contact guys in the league. I saw a stat like over the um, past like a thousand plate appearances, uh, Arias has the highest batting average in the majors. He's like 310 or something. The dude just hits and hits and hits, and only he only strikes out at uh, like last year a seven percent rate. And that's the kind of guy you want leading off. Yeah, that's I mean that's what I was kind of thinking. Is it he's got to be the leadoff guy? I'm looking it up right now. I was curious. Birdie is still in. How is he arbitration eligible till age 35? He must have came up in the league late. Yeah. That is wow. But he, he he's really athletic. Um you either he's put Arius as the number two guy and still let Birdie lead off, or you push Birdie all the way down at the bottom of the lineup, and when he gets on with Luis coming up and you know, Chisholm, et cetera, they could be off to the races. Oh, and Birdie's not even projected to be a starter. So right now it's uh, Gene Segura at, set, at third and Joey Wendell at shortstop. You, so wouldn't, think, just you wouldn't think gonna, that Birdie would get a lot of at-bats at DH? Maybe every now and then, but it, uh, it's going to probably be uh, Jesus Sanchez just because he has that just raw power. Like you have Sanchez, you have uh, Jorge Soler, J.J. Bledet uh, to fit in that lineup. Jesus Sanchez. Who was it that y'all lost in the uh, offseason? Is that not Sanchez? We go Rojas. Oh. He, was our, he was our shortstop last year. Okay. I was talking about the guy that uh, signed with uh, Oakland last week. Oh, he's not with Oakland. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's not Sanchez. I'm drawing a blank. Jeez. Well, actually, good thing we, we searched, uh, searched them up. Nine minutes ago, Cole Irvin got traded to the uh, Orioles. Who did? Cole Irvin, uh, one of the starters for for Oakland. It's actually pretty uh, decent for fantasy. Oh, oh, Cole Irvin. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Did they say what they got? Because to me, that's pretty interesting. Anyways, I thought you'd so be they, on top. They got, they got the number 16 prospect from, from Baltimore. I remember the guy's name, but he just signed with Oakland, left the Marlins in the offseason. Oh, it couldn't have been that important. I'll find his name during the break. I, I can't do six things at once, only five. <laughs> Real quick, prop bets? Yes, sir. I like I love those touchdown bets, but I am for sure going to be throwing in a touchdown bet for A.J. Brown. So, I mean, we have seen D.K. Metcalf and now uh, C.D. Lamb just tear up the Sa- uh, San Fran secondary. San Fran is going into Philly now, so give me A.J. Brown at plus 129. On the other side of that game, I like uh, George Kittle at plus 170 and Brandon Ayuk at plus 250. And then... I got a long one for you. If you really want to take a swing at something, we talked about this yesterday, the MVP of the Super Bowl. Right now, you can get him 15 to 1 because I think a lot of folks don't think that he's going to be in the Super Bowl. Run CMC. If they make it to the Super Bowl, he's going to be like 3 to 1, 4 to 1. Yeah, I could easily see that. Uh, another one I like is Kenneth Gainwell. He's over uh, 8.5 receiving yards. Do not think that I like, I think that uh, Hertz is going to be under a lot of pressure and they've been taking out Miles Sanders in those passing situ- situations for Gainwell. So he does not need much to hit that 8.5 yard. Uh, yeah. 8.5 yard mark. All right. And then going over to the Cincy and KC game. Uh, 
I, I like I fully expect Mahomes get to be in there. So this is gonna be a competitive match. Joe Burrow at pass attempts over 38, 37.5. That is currently at now minus 115, so even money. Jesus Aguilar. You're saying Jesus Sanchez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Aguilar. I was like, man, did he not sign with Oakland? I was, I was thinking of Aguilar. I do remember seeing that. I was like, I was like, how does he not know that this guy left <laughs> left to go to all right? I mean, he was he, he was right. there for once he was he was out more than half the season with injury. Yeah, I know, but I I I've always been a fan of his because he would always go at it back and forth with a couple of guys on the Braves. Oh yeah. They were, they were always giving each other a hard time, you know, in the dugout and the, in the base pass. So I've always been kind of a fan of his. All right. What else you got on the props? So some more touchdowns from the second game, KC Cincinnati, uh, Kadarius Tony at plus two fifty. He's been getting massive red zone work all like just in and out. I think he's going to get in uh, this week. And uh, like, if you want a little bit of a long shot from KC, uh, Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling, he is at plus three fifty. He is their deep uh, deep shot receiver. I expect the uh, the best corner on Cincy. I think that's Eli Apple right now. I expect him to be on Juju most of the time, and then with Tony kind of working in the slot, he's gonna be getting a lot of attention. So that could leave uh, Scantling open for a deep bomb. And then give me Joe Burrow plus four hundred for a rushing a rushing touchdown. And also Tyler Boyd plus three hundred for uh, a receiving touchdown. To your point on that, Jesus Sanchez, is he is he not going to be in the outfield anywhere? Because he was the yeah. FDA center fielder last year. So that's yeah. I mean, he's just not that strong defensively, and they currently have with Jazz going to center. They got obviously Al Garcia in right field, and then De La Cruz in left, and both are significantly better uh, fielders than Sanchez. Okay. All right, that makes sense. They they might just platoon him and Birdie then. Actually, it makes a lot of sense for for the Marlins to trade Birdie. Yeah, I mean he see like like the thing with Birdie and even uh, Joey Wendell is like they they've done a good job at getting these super utility uh, infielders that can play all over. And so it's so I mean having a lot of those guys, you can kind of mix and match and always barring health you know, have one of those guys in your lineup. Right. I'm just saying that they, if you're, you can't imagine that they're going to sign him as a free agent in a few years, right? Cause he's going to be mid thirties. He's no, he, he he is mid thirties. If, if I'm the Marlins and I don't think he's going to play every day, I bet you there's a team out there that would give up at least a couple of decent prospects for him. Maybe like, I think that would have to be more towards the mid season. If, once again, the Marlins are not competitive. Because, I mean, if nothing else, you've got, I mean, his speed alone, the guy is, a, I mean, he's a pain in the butt is what he is. I mean, I think he's top 1% of, uh, like, the yeah, like, of a sprint speed. He can fly. When I first really noticed him a couple of years ago, I was shocked how old he was. 33. Yeah. I, think, I was like, why did it take him so long to get to the majors, man? This guy, he, he can play. It's, anyways, that's neither here nor there. That's just one of those things where, you know, you watch too much of a sport and you start becoming fans, a fan of Blake, well, random players. I'm a John Birdie fan. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I like watching the guy play. I can't tell you how many prop bets I've taken over, taken on him over, over the past couple of years on how many bases he he will eclipse that day. Because I'm like, yeah. man, he just gets one in the gap. He's he's going three. Sanchez is really good 
though too. He's uh, always got him and uh, Aguilar. I don't get them confused when you put them side by side because there's about 150 pound difference. But <laughs> you know, just the name. What is yeah. your walk off of the day, sir? It is going. I mean, you think uh, Cincinnati is going to be blowing out KC? I think it is going to be a shootout. Two other bets I did not get to mention. Uh, if you want to take Jamar Chase on the over at uh, receiving yards, that has at 84.5. But actually, like one thing I'm doing is I'm boosting it. He has just destroyed Kansas City in nearly every game he's played against them. Taking him at a uh, basically over 100 yards receiving is a plus 150. And I, like I just I love the odds there, and I I think he's in a great position to do it again. Yeah, I don't know if I believe they're going to blow him out, but I do believe they're going to win. And I guess because of that, I am uh, taking Kansas City, and I really think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, I mean, everyone, thought, everyone thought Buffalo and, Bu- and the Buffalo was going to be able to roll all over Kansas City's defense. I mean, Cincinnati's defense. Well, they scored ten points. I just, I just don't think it's going to be a very high. I don't think it's going to be as high score because, first of all, I feel like Kansas is going to have a very conservative game script, and it's going to be chuck and duck, chuck and duck, chuck and duck. And if they had a Tyree kill, it could be a a an evener, but I don't think that's going to be there. And conversely, I think Cincinnati is going to be able to move the ball, control the game, and I don't. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced Patrick Mahomes is going to make it to the end of the game. Well, I mean, Vegas is feeling the opposite. Like, what was it? Plus two. Uh, Casey was plus two the other day. I'm seeing them minus one and a half now. Kansas City is. Kansas City is minus one and a half. It has swung that, back, and the Bengals are underdogs. That that's from the reaction. I'm actually seeing it even as a pick'em, but um. That's from the reaction of the Mahomes practicing, but man, I'm telling you, it just it feels like a smokescreen. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he's not gonna play. I just don't think he's gonna play well. All right, brother. We'll see you next time. We've got uh, Joey on the way. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. HD, wherever you stream in 99.1 FM, the key, when we come back, we're going to get into some NFL and into some major league baseball talk. Keep it locked in here on 99.1 FM. The NFL playoffs are back. And that means the armchair quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks, Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. During Wednesday's game between Loyola's Chicago Ramblers and the Duquesne Dukes, as the game was paused, 
when a delivery person walked onto the court holding a bag of fast food. With 16.30 left in the second half, a man in a yellow jacket wandered onto the floor. A few feet from where Loyola's Philip Anson was holding the ball. The game was stopped with 16.10 left. The delivery person was not shown again until a couple of minutes later walking around the concourse looking back down at the person who ordered the food. But after further digging, it looks like it was a TikTok prank. After the game, Austin Hansen, an athletic director of Loyola, speculated the whole thing was a social media stunt and said, quote, he was wearing a microphone and tons of students were filming with their phones. New York Jets hire former Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Jets ended their two-week search for an OC hiring Hackett, formerly of the Denver Broncos, a move that will fuel the speculation even more about an Aaron Rodgers trade to the New York Jets. Lars Newtbar and Masataka Yoshida joined Japan's World Baseball Classic roster. Japan completed naming its 30-man roster on Thursday for the WBC, which includes Newt Barr and Yoshida of the Cardinals and Red Sox, respectively. Japan announced its first 12 members earlier this month that include Shohei Otani of the Angels and San Diego Padres pitcher Hugh Darvish. Apple TV announced this morning that they are going to carry all of Japan's World Baseball Classic games here in the U.S. Fairly busy night on the hardwood tonight in the NBA on TNT at 7.30 Eastern. The Knicks are at the Celtics, Boston 8.5-point favorite. They'll conclude that doubleheader at 10 Eastern as the Mavericks are getting 1.5 at the Suns. Other games of interest, Nets host the Pistons, minus 8.5 for Brooklyn. The Bulls are a 6-point favorite on the road in Charlotte, while the Rockets are getting 8.5 at home versus Cleveland, Spurs and Clippers, L.A. minus 13. In college hoop action, Middle Tennessee at number 21, FAU, CBS Sports Network, 7 o'clock Eastern. Number one, Purdue is at Michigan on FS1 at 9 o'clock. And on the deuce, it's number eight, UCLA, against their cross-town rivals, Southern Cal. While the late tilt, number six, Arizona, at Washington State. Wildcats giving up five. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits, please enjoy responsibly. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. I'm sure of it. I hate him. He's drunk. Vino Veritas. I Jake Wodagis. Come on, boys. We don't want any trouble in here. Not in any language. Us Latin, doll. 
evidently Mr. Ringo's an educated man. How I really hate him. Well, the season's finally here, and the players hit the field. And every man feels like a boy, and every wife could kill. He's been flying here since August, running hot, running cold. And 30 friends are on alert. Joining us is Mr. Joey Ariola. Joey, how the hell are you, my friend? Oh, we're getting getting a little bit of snow over here in the Midwest, but besides that, just trying to enjoy it until we get to Sunday to where I think we have, I, I mean, obviously my memory sometimes lacks, but I, I think this might be one of the best conference championship weekends in a long time with the four teams we have left. Should be. Um, we'll see what happens with Mahomes. I know you believe that they're that they're marching on. That the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Um, I do not. I don't know why I'm I'm in the minority on this show, but I believe that it's going to be Bengals. I still haven't figured it out. I want to do a couple things research before our show on Sunday on the NFC side because there's there's a lot of strong arguments, but I I, I try to block it all out the day we do the show, and I actually pull up the statistics and block out all the noise as opposed to people sitting up there pounding the desk and saying, it's this, it's that. You never know who their fan base is and if they're just trying to appease them. So um, I'm still, I'm also, look, I, I, I still need to see more of a confirmation that Mahomes isn't just out there playing hurt. And, <clears throat> you know, there's been so many athletes come out this week, talk about how hard it is to come back from a high ankle sprain. And they have not said it's a high ankle sprain, but... Uh, his name's escaping me right now. Um, Adam Schefter reported it as so the, the morning after. But since then, they have not referred to it as a high ankle sprain. But if it's a high ankle sprain, that's typically about a month before you're... And according to Tannehill, and I know they're different athletes, but Tannehill said that he wasn't right the rest of the year because of it. Yeah, I mean, that. if it is a high ankle sprain, which will obviously limit his running, um, thank God he still has that rocket arm. But, again, you saw last week, uh, you know, to a point against where he just couldn't even, not only about getting those 10 to 15 yards on a scramble play, he couldn't even get out of the pocket to avoid many sacks. So if I'm the Bengals, regardless of what Chiefs say injury-wise, I'm attacking him with the front four and hoping they can get there because if you, you're not going to get him moving too much in the pocket. If your front four could stay home and get there in a reasonable amount of time, the Bengals are going to have a good day with sacks on uh, injured Mahomes. That's why, and that's why like my favorite bet of that game is not necessarily taking the Chiefs or the Bengals. It's taking the under. Because it's not like the Bengals really want to get in a flat-out shootout. They they want to control the tempo of the game. They, they, they want to keep the ball away from Mahomes and company. And then when Mahomes does get the ball, they want it to where he feels like he has to almost go for it for fourth down every time, right? Yep. And I see – before I see it hitting over 40 – I want to say the over-under now is like around 46, 47 – before I see it doing that, and it's going to be cold outside. Air calling for like single digits in Kansas City. And there's conflicting reports. I'll wait till the day of, but there's supposed to be wind. And if that's the case, we're talking about a game that may not hit 40. 
and that favors the Bengals, not the Chiefs. Yeah, and like last week, you know, I mean, it, Buffalo, the big talk is there. It's like when they have snow games, uh, I saw the statistics. They don't usually win those in Buffalo with that offense. They, they got to figure it out. Obviously, we know Cincinnati has came into Kansas City a couple of times recently and beat them. So all the signs are pointing to Cincy. I'm surprised more people on the show are picking Chiefs because it seems to me everyone's riding that Bengals. I know you've been on them for a while, but a lot of people are riding that Bengals uh, wagon right now. By the way, have you seen this? Oh, dear. What do we got? Pull this up. Yeah, here we go. <clears throat> I'm sure you probably have, but I, I don't know if everybody's seen this. Have you seen this? Happened last night in the college basketball game. I'm going to go ahead and hit a uh, play on this. So this is a, I, <laughs> have you seen this? Yes, sir. <laughs> Y'all check this guy out right here. He's a, he's a delivery guy. Just wandering onto the court. Looks like he's got a bag of food. There's a game going on, by the way. And he just kind of ra- randomly Walks up and down the court. I think that's the end of the, the clip. Let me go back to the beginning of it. Once again. Here we go. This guy's just randomly walking onto the court. So everyone thought at the time, I'll go ahead and close that up. Everybody thought at the time that this guy was just clueless and whatnot. And then they found out re- later on that evidently, according to one of the uh, guys in charge of the athletics for one of those teams, I'm not sure which one. I don't know if it was uh, Loyal or Duquesne, but he tweeted out, I believe, that it looked like it was probably a TikTok prank. Uh... Because, because there were a bunch of kids with phones ready to roll when he went wandering out there. And then later on, he went back up into, into the bleachers and we're just kind of nonchalantly. I mean, there's no way. There's no way that he thought he should be there. What no. scary to me about that whole thing? TikTok prank alone, whatever. First of all, what if those? What if one of those players would have collided with them? Because they don't expect a delivery guy to be walking down the down the court, right? That's number one. Number two is how did he get past any kind of security? What are we doing here? Well, I was going to say, so I went to Eastern Illinois University, which is obviously a smaller school down south here in Illinois that not a lot of people would know about if it wasn't guys for Jimmy G and uh, Tony Romo. But uh, the security at those games is very weak. Like you, you pretty much can almost get in without like if you don't go to the university and you just happen to know somebody or happen to go in the at the right time unfortunately for the smaller college schools um i'm not saying it isn't this case but i've been to quite a few in the college i've been at and the security is just not very good which is scary to me obviously it was a joke this time and here's the thing those two schools they're not big 10 they're not sec but they're not exactly lower level high school schools either, right? Right. They're sh- I mean, you got to have one guy, one Barty Fife who can <laughs> who can load the who can load the, the silver bullet in there in time. To, you know, get a, get give a guy a taser. Get a guy who wants to watch the game for free. Clock him in. Pay him fifty to hundred bucks that day. Give him a taser. 
and let's go. Throw a yellow jacket on him. All you get is a throw a yellow windbreaker. He'll look official. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. We we haven't seen it in a while, but this is heading to like the Monica Seles thing. That might be a little bit before your time, but she was a tennis player that got stabbed during a, uh, I don't remember if that was, it was one of the majors. I can't remember if that was Wimbledon or if that was um, the French. Anyways, it was one of the majors. She was top ranked player in the world and come to find out it was some psychotic lunatic who was obsessed with her. And he thought the best way to get her favor was to, you know, shank her. And she, you know, no surprise, she was never the same. You know, she physically, mentally, and she, and it was done. And she was the, this, to, to, to put it into your terms, imagine that happening to Serena Williams in her prime. Like she was a, like she was an elite tennis player at the time and some guy just walked on, on during a major just walked in and gave her the old shiv yeah it says during the french open wow okay it was the french I, I was thinking more for some reason her on clay started going through my head so okay yeah yeah it was the french that's just tragic jeez oh, yeah I did, not, I did not know that story you learn something new every day when, when you come on here i'm an encyclopedia especially people like me I'm an encyclopedia of worthless knowledge. <laughs> hey, I love it. Bring it, baby. Bring There's it. There's a guy that uh, only the older college football guys would would get this, but there was a guy who does his own little Florida State uh, podcast on a YouTube. I was watching this morning. I thought they were older. They looked older. I don't think the early 2000s were very kind to these guys, but um, they were they were referencing a kid whose dad is a legacy played wide receiver at Florida state. And these are Florida state diehard fans, right? And diehard fans are whole life. So I'm, I was assuming they knew who they were. And finally they said, they kept referencing his name, Matt Fryer and Fryer was the, uh, was a wide receiver on Florida state's first national title team. And it didn't really dawn on me. That's almost 30 years ago. It was 1993. And they kept talking about how his son is, an, I guess he's a four-star athlete and he's, he's expected to come to Florida state. And they're like, yeah, I had to look him up. Really wasn't sure who he was. I'm like, this guy had like one of the, before it was viral, he was viral. So you're old enough to remember the Tebow crying comment after yeah. he lost to Ole Miss. And he said, we're going to be better. Absolutely. Okay. Before that, 13, 14 years before that, Matt Fryer did it. Florida okay. State lost to Notre Dame. It was one versus two. It, it was billed as the number one. It, it was billed as the game of the century. And FSU lost by a touchdown on the final play. But they got off to a terrible start. They were down, I want to say 14, maybe 21 nothing, And they came back and they lost by, they lost 31-24. But they were on the Notre Dame 17-yard line with one play left, okay? And after the game, he was crying on the camera saying, if we get a chance, we're going to win, you know, the, you know, did the whole Tebow type thing. <clears throat> but this was before social media. But back then, everybody was talking about it. They were talking about the same way they did with Tebow. They said, what a phony. 
And then if, you're, if you're a fan of Tebow and the Gators or you're a fan of Fryer and Florida State, you're like, that's not funny, man. He's legitimately, no, that's our guy. That's, that's my quarterback. He really wants to win. That's my quarterback. And all the other fans are just rolling their eyes going, man, shut up. <laughs> you're like, man, you don't know what you're talking about as soon as they walk away because he's got a point. It was kind of phony. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I I guess my point of that story is you don't realize how old you've gotten until it's thrown at you. When you see a couple of guys who look worse for the wear, goes, I don't, I don't even remember him. I started watching football uh, around 1998. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Please tell me that was when you were in your mid-20s. <laughs> you look terrible. Uh <laughs> I shouldn't bash him because I actually like the show, but I just Hey, we all got faces for radio. Nothing new. Awful. <laughs> I mean, man, I'm fat and out of shape and look better than you. What's going on here? Um <laughs> heroin's a terrible drug, folks. Kids, stay away. Stay away. Say no to whatever that guy was on. All right. Um, real quick Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Just wanted to get your quick take on that. Scott Rowland gets in. Nobody else does. What say you? Yeah, here's my quick little synopsis on it all. And that is, I, I Scott Rowland, great guy. Um, really good player, matter of fact. You know, the guys who got close, like a Todd Helton, uh, Billy Wagner types. So great players. But if we're going to start um, putting these guys in, I almost think we got to, you know, bring back up the statement of letting in uh, some others. I just can't get how you can not have – and I know it's because of obviously steroids, but you can't have a guy like a Barry Bonds ever get in the Hall of Fame, which I understand why. But then we're gonna it's starting to seem like now we're lowering the standard a little bit um when Scott Rowland got in. And I hate to that's not a shoot against him. I just feel like MLB has one of the strong Hall of Fames left, unlike basketball, unlike some others. And to me, this just weakened it a little bit. Yeah, I won't beat the drum again today. I gave my thoughts on it yesterday. I gave my thoughts before the before the uh the vote on Tuesday because I, I had heard that there was a good chance he was getting in and that he may be the only one that gets in. And if he is a hall of famer, I just want them to explain to me one thing. Uh, six years ago when he was first on the ballot, he got 10% of the vote. What changed between six years ago and Tuesday night that he would go from 10% of the writers thinking he was a hall of famer to 76% of the writers thinking he was a hall of famer. Cause as far as I know, in those past six years, he didn't get another base hit. He didn't win another gold glove. And someone else brought up a very good point. If we're going to start throwing guys in there for the, for their glove, because I want to say he had seven or eight gold gloves. If that if that's going to be the prerequisite, right? Keith Hernandez has eleven gold gloves and very similar offensive stats, and they're both corner infielders. Obviously, one third, one first. Eleven gold gloves, and we don't throw him in there. Why? Because you have to think about it. You're like, I don't know if he's a gold glover. And Keith sense. Hernandez does have a world championship as well. So why is Keith Hernandez not in there? Why is Dale Murphy not in there? 
with his two MVPs and over 400 home runs. But Scott Rowland, ugh. All right. I'm, I'm with you. Because I feel like either A, I'm going to nauseate people, or B, which is more likely, I'm going to have an aneurysm and my head's going to hit the table. Because I'm so sick and tired of them ruining my – I'm tired of them ruining the perfect sport. There's one perfect sport in the world, and it's baseball. And they're ruining it. They've ruined the other sports over the years, but it's too late to save that. Well said. All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little AFC football. We're going to talk about the lines. We're going to talk about the injuries and some moving and shaking that's going to happen this offseason. We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on WQEE 99.1 FM and Braves Country HD wherever you stream. What about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, the guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building. Don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level? And overseeing a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. And regardless of how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. What about the assistants on the staff right now? I might audible. If I audible, I'll use... Red Polly, Red Polly, Blue Poncho, Blue Poncho. Do it, do it. Rambo, Rambo. Give me Kershaw here, Kershaw. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Almost Good Beer. Remember, Ed's Almost Good Beer was brewed in God's country when God wasn't looking. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern, to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show, streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. You're right. Without realizing it, I've allowed that woman to alter my personality. You didn't have a personality. You just had some shows you liked. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Opening day is getting closer and closer and closer. 
And I, for one, cannot wait. Love seeing Joey do the chop. Uh, Joey, how how much spring training do you consume? I try to watch a few games a week, uh, like not in entirety, but at least a good five innings uh, for a baseball game. Watch like innings one through five, get some uh, familiarity, especially this season. Uh, I'm more inclined to do so. The Cubs in the past years had a lot of good runs with them. Let me ask you this. How, how many how many do the Cubs tend to televise? Did we lose you? <laughs> that always throws me off when they just, you know, zap out and they're frozen. We'll get Joey back here in a second. The reason why I'm asking that is because with spring training coming up, uh, I am concerned. So one of the things that I'm looking at with that is whether or not the with the Braves spring training, a couple of things are, are going to be affected by, A, the, the World Baseball Classic, but not as much. It's not like we have a whole haul. They, they haven't announced the official team, but it is, it is coming. Um, but the... Braves are going to be so. I, I believe the first World Baseball Classic games are happening. It's in the late. We'll call it the second week of March, essentially. So March first lands on a Wednesday, and welcome back, Joey. March first is on a Wednesday. The World Baseball Classic. The first games are supposed to take place that next week depending on on the team and whatnot i believe the first game that's being televised for the world baseball classic for the united states it's on fox and i believe it's saturday night the 11th is what i saw unless things change and then you'll roll into it, it it'll last around to to about two two and a half weeks depending on how long your team gets there now remember it's been six years, but but because of the the pandemic, but the United States is the defending world champion. I think a lot of us forget that because it's been so long. And the first two, Japan won, then Dominican Republic won, and then the U.S. So there's only been four since 2006 when it first began. And I really thought when we first started watching, we'd never see the U.S. win, and it seemed like it became more important to them. The biggest question is getting your top pitchers what what i was asking you before you uh i don't know your 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 cricket phone died or whatever is happening to you. <laughs> i'm in a good spot today i just there's a lot of snow here so i think i'm just dealing with some unfortunate stuff right now so hopefully it doesn't happen again so how many games do they show on tv in for the spring training for chicago with marquee network now they show pretty much every game uh, now, when they play the split squad, maybe they'll only get to one instead of another. But uh, that was the one nice thing about Marquee Network. It was a pain at first, but they pretty much show all games. And I try to watch, I guess, three to four games a week, at least half the game, to get familiar with this new roster. Because as I was trying to say, the Cubs in the past, I'm used to the Javi Baez, Chris Bryant teams. I'm used to those rosters. But with a lot of free agent signings, a lot of young guys, we're going to have a, quite a few in the top 100 prospect list that comes out. 
I need to get familiar and I want to learn these guys. So I don't think they finalized it, but last year we got about, I, I want to say it was eight or nine games on TV, the Braves. And now they're scrambling, scrambling a little bit because Carrie left Atlanta to go to St. Louis. That, that really shouldn't affect it, though. They're going to announce their new play-by-play guy in the very near future, and I'm sure they already have a very good idea of uh, when that's going to go down. But but the Brave Spring training itself, it is see, for 2023, the first game is February 25th against the Red Sox. <clears throat> well, like I said, they haven't announced them all yet because they're still kind of banging it out. But um, one of the things I do like is I don't see as many split squads game split squad games this year as you've seen in years past, and that's always nice because the split squad games you usually get the tail end of it. Um, from what I'm showing, they only have two. They're playing Minnesota split squads once on March fourth. And once on March 25th, and obviously both teams are doing split split squads. So Minnesota's hosting one game, Braves are hosting one game, and vice versa on on the other. I think those are the only ones. Which to me, it is important because when I do tune in, I don't want to like, oh man, what is this? I know. Is this single A? Like, what are we watching here? Right, like, we don't get half the players. My dad, actually, my, and my mom are going to go to Mesa, Arizona to see some Cubs spring training, so that will be pretty cool for them. Uh, they're going to be doing that in March. We've got a bucket list that we are trying to set up. It's either going to be – we haven't decided if it's going to be in 24 or 25, but somewhere in that neighborhood um, we're planning on going out to Arizona to check out a lot of things, but one of the things that we want to hit is Cubs spring spring training awesome good buddy of mine's a big cubs fan that lives down here and um in fact he, he's going with us this year to uh to boston and <clears throat> basically returning the favor you're gonna go out there to like i said i we want to do it next year but i don't know if that'll be who knows who knows if they'll come up with See, next year is an election year. They might come up with another virus. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Fenway a couple of seasons ago. That was a blast. That was my first time uh, doing that. I think it was right I've after. Been, I've, I've only been into Fenway very briefly. It was a uh, it was a walking tour. I'm trying to remember what, what cut it short. I want to say it was bad weather. Long story short, we didn't get the walking tour we were supposed to have, and they refunded everybody's money. This has been, man, this has been 10 years ago, probably. It is crazy how similar it is to Wrigley. I, You know, you hear a lot of the old-time stadiums, but honestly, Wrigley and Boston, inside, obviously, the dynamics are different, but the feel, walking around the park and all the nostalgia, pretty similar feeling to me between Wrigley and Fenway Park. I can't do it enough justice. The, the Atlanta Braves do a phenomenal job on their walking tour. I, I I wish I could remember how, how much it was a ticket. It's it's not much. And you go in there, it's around 45 minutes or an hour possibly. And they walk you around and they kind of give you the ins and outs. 
and know the new stadium doesn't have the history that, that we'll see in Boston and we'll, and obviously in Wrigley. But they do a really good job of showing you kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So I, I, I enjoyed that, and uh, we're planning on doing the walking tour for uh, Fenway when we go up there. I want to say it's the last week of July, somewhere in that neighborhood. The reason those are the best, I, like with Lambeau Field, I've done that. I've done that with a couple other places. You actually get to see all the nooks and crannies of the stadium. You get to go all over the place. Yeah, you're not meeting a, a bunch of people per se, but you're getting in the ins and outs of locker room. You're seeing cool stuff. So I really do like the stadium tours that these teams set up. Yeah, and I, it's not within reaching distance, but I made sure to snag a couple of pebbles from uh, the right field corner in Atlanta. Nice. <laughs> as soon as our guy turned his head, I went, screw <laughs> My wife's standing there going, what are you doing? And there was a guy standing next to me. He goes, man, I'll I'll buy that from you. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I want to say I've got like two or three pebbles. It wasn't many. I just gave him one. I said, you're not buying it from me, man. Get out of here. <laughs> Next thing you know, the right fielder had a fall in the warning track. Thanks to Matt. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're like a, like a smash gravel. I got no. I just messed so up. It, it, it was just a few of them. I jammed them in my wallet before anyone could see it, and then he, he had seen it from a distance. Came over, and long story short, I gave him a pebble. And uh, I keep think, quiet, dude. I, th- I think we're still Facebook friends o- o- over the affair, <laughs> over the incident, the pebble, <laughs> the pebble incident in right field. I am a fruity pebbles fan. <laughs> Anyways. We are going to uh, the bananas on. It's right there, beginning of March. We, we we've never been Savannah bananas. I watched a video after you told me about that on Tuesday, and it looks highly entertaining. Okay, I couldn't remember who. I knew I brought it up to someone on the air. Yeah, it, it looks fun. It literally looks like. I didn't know. She said it's opening day for them, so they're going to put on a show. Woo! <laughs> I'm excited for that. So yeah, they, one of the things once once they have actually ironed out the television schedule, I will do a couple of spring training games here on Brave Country HD. Give you the play by play, but I haven't seen it ironed out yet. I, I've I've seen a preliminary one, but but they all have asterisks next to it, basically saying you know, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> All right, AFC, NFC championship games. Let's dive into the AFC first. Let's do it. We kind of already give the preliminaries of our takes on the games. Obviously, we're going to do our picks on Sunday's show, but when you look at the at the at the overall the line, and it keeps moving up and down. Steven mentioned the fact that it's back to Cincinnati getting points. I'm telling you, jump on it, man. I'm telling you right now, y'all jump on it. Cincinnati. I wish I would have known that I would have pulled some, pulled some hay to that before showtime. Cause evidently it's moving up to like one and a half, two again. If that's the case, grab the Bengals. They have no business being underdogs. Yeah, because I'd like where to see that. Because right now, in the couple of sites I'm on, I see one still. 
I'm grabbing that one and a half I'm for pretty two. Pretty sure he said one and a half for two, but I just I do not believe it. I don't buy into it. There's no reason. At best, they should be a pick them. But if you're gonna get points in your pocket with the defending AFC champion, yeah, I'm I'm getting plus one on mine. Curious about something though. If you grab that plus one, and let's say if you decide to buy a point or two, hmm. So if you buy a point and a half, th- this is interesting. If you buy a point and a half in that game to take it to two and a half, it's minus 140. Fine with me. But if you go over to the San Francisco game, which is still plus two and a half, and you buy one, just one point, it's minus 160. Because that magic number of three and a half is very, very important to Vegas. I still think San Francisco and, and Philly should probably be a pick em. I don't know if I... I don't know quite yet if I'm going to take San Fran. But if that line gets any higher, I'm going to have to. It will be interesting to see uh, Purdy's first big test on the road in the playoffs. Now he's k- killed us, knocked everyone down. His haters every time he, you know, he has a pretty good game. But last week, even though they won, they didn't put up a lot of points. So I am going to be watching for that specifically and seeing how the Eagles attack uh, Mr. Brock Purdy because I know they have a lot of weapons. Um, but you know the Eagles have been good all year, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think the Eagles' defense against him. You've got two of the, well, the two best defenses that are still in the playoffs are going head to head. That over, by the way, is back up to 48 on the, on the Kansas city Cincinnati game. It's it's too high, man. It's too high. I kind of like, it was 27, 24 last year and we had two perfectly healthy QBs. Yeah. So that was what? 51 points. Yep. And they played each other this – I don't remember the, the score this past this past uh, season in the regular season in Cincinnati, but it wasn't very high scoring. I know that was like 24-21. But I guess my point is – so you said it, it was 27-24? Was Correct, it? last year's championship game. And remember something, the the Chiefs got off to, an, to a big start early. They really, they really got their butts handed to them in the second half. And those two teams have only gotten more familiar with each other. So I don't know, man, that is a, that is a high, high number. If you, if you, once again, if you buy a point and a half in that to take it to 49 and a half, it's, it's only a minus one. You know, what's spooky. The same score happened in the regular season this year. Bengals 27 chiefs, 24 as well. Same score in both the last two games they played. 27-24? On December 4th when they played this season. Okay. I thought it was 24-21. All right. But that's still two healthy quarterbacks, to your point. Two healthy quarterbacks, and this is the third time that they will have played each other in a calendar year, and you've got to figure the familiarity is going to be there and the defenses. Anytime teams play each other over and over and over again, it's advantage defense. Because you start running out of formations you can throw at them where they haven't seen it before. 
right? Yeah, and I mean, I usually uh, that point holds true most of the time. That's why I was kind of hopeful in the Giants on Saturday. And I think I saw you tweeting on that. What an ugly abomination! I know we're not going back in time that far, but I thought three marks was the time for the Giants. They couldn't come through. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I you know I I prefaced it last week too when I was talking about going with the Giants that I was doing because I was a fan. I wasn't hard believe it. But I was hoping that they could play a close game. I'm un- unapologetic with with my fandom for the New York Giants. I know it's a weird fandom, but I am a Giants fan in the in the NFC. Um, I've always liked them in the NFC East. You know, when I was growing up, there was only three divisions in each conference, and I tended to pull for the you know one team in each division. But now, I mean, now that you got A, it's a little hard. It's a little difficult to say, hey, I'm a fan of this team and I'm a fan of that team. So, um, but I, I still like the Giants. And, man, it was like you got a quarter into that game. You're like, this game is over. This is just – they are absolutely getting just roasted. was out with my buddies, and we just started playing darts right when the game got out of hand. We're like, we can't just sit here and watch this crud anymore. Yeah, man, it is. Yeah, I was stuck here at the house, and it was it was after the Jag games. So I'm still hyped, man. I'll tell you what i i went I went crashing very shortly after. <laughs> I went from all right, ready for the game two to where's the pizza at, man? I'm gonna eat something, and go to bed. <laughs> Fall asleep in front of the TV. Next thing you know, it's the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, that's best case scenario with me. I usually fall asleep, and it's next thing you know, it's it's four a.m. <laughs> Everybody's gone to bed <laughs> except for me. <laughs> some, some rerun of Nick at Nights on TV, or How I Met Your Father. You you mentioned that '90s show the other day. Did you know? Now that instead of a How I Met Your Mother, they're doing a How I Met Your Father too. What's yeah, up yeah. with all the What's up with this? All these shows doing this? I don't know, man. It's your generation. They've got no creativity. Oh, I'm blame me. <laughs> I'm over it. It pissed me off when I saw that. I mean, maybe we should just rename this show as opposed to Braves <laughs> Country. We'll just rename it to First Take Two. <laughs> First Take Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I mean, no one comes up with any. You know, well, let's just change the name and take all the just good actors. Mike out. and Mike, and then in parentheses, it says our names aren't Mike. <laughs> Why not? We're rebooting it. All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit up some NFC and some rumors. Ooh. Where's Sean Payton going? We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, 99.1 FM, The Key, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 
931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. It all starts with just one thing. When recycling, rinse out jars and cans and avoid recycling wax paper or paper soiled with food. This will reduce recycling contamination. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? The NFL playoffs are back. and That means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks, Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern, to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show, streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcast school has really paid off. Welcome back. If you want to call in the number to chime in is... 678-960-9700. That's 678-960-9700. Braves Country HD taking all the way to the top of the 5 o'clock hour where First Name Sports from Sports Map Radio will take over. Make sure to get your morning started with Ryan O Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Weekdays here on the key, and from noon to two, you got the Rod Peterson show, sports beat from two to three, and we come back at you three to five tomorrow. It's football Friday, and uh, we'll be uh, talking cool games, and, th- and they're really not going to like me this week. Because <laughs> last week I only gave them two votes. This week they only get to pick one game. Ooh. You got to pick one or the other. I mean, if I didn't put if I if I didn't put this stipulation here, I'm telling you right now, they would have had last night's what was it, Duquesne and Loyal, where the delivery driver walked onto the court. They would have had that as a cool game prior to. It became a cool game when the when the DoorDash dude right? tumbled out <laughs> on the court. By the way, uh, if you missed the news, Astros hire Dana Brown as their new GM and uh, for folks that are may not be familiar with Dana Brown, he is coming from the Atlanta Braves organization. He uh, last four years was the VP of scouting for the Braves and Brown high. This I did not know Brown hired Alex Anthopoulos, our current general manager as the Montreal Expos scouting coordinator years ago. And so uh, there you go. That everything goes full circle, but we wish we wish Brown success, just not against us. (laughs) Just not in the world series. I mean, you can't get a much more, you can't get a better gig. Can you, 
you go from the Atlanta Braves to the Houston Astros and you, and you get and you get to become a general manager like normally those jobs only open up for teams that haven't just won the World Series. <laughs> normally you're taking over a dumpster fire and you're trying to turn it around. Correct. You're like, "Uh All right, I'll take the I'll take the Royals job. This is going to be a hot mess." Y'all better give me one heck of a signing bonus because when y'all fire me, <laughs> <laughs> I need some guaranteed on the back end. <laughs> How about this story? Athletes. This was tweeted out by ESPN. I, I, I couldn't laugh more. Athletes within the basketball community spoke out. I don't know when they mean spoke out. I don't know if they had on Twitter is, is what it seems like about the need for chartered flights in the WNBA amidst the league's free agency period. Currently, twelve all 12 WNBA teams travel on commercial airlines, except in rare circumstances. People like, ah, your boy, Kyrie Irving, chiming in. Oh, he's my boy now. <laughs> we got to get something done, and I'm, and I'm with them no matter how much it costs. I think it's a lesson learned right of how we can attack this as a family of the NBA. We're a family. So, Wendy, I got a suggestion. On. I think it's a fine idea for the NBA Players Association to foot the bill. Because the NBA has lost plenty of money running the WNBA for the last 25 years. It has yet to make a dime. So if they really want to step, step there and stand up and say, we're together and, you know, you're, you're our sisters in in the WNBA with the NBA, we're here for you. Now how about some of that forty five million a year that you make, Kyrie, or whatever this ridiculous number is now? Fund it because you sure don't play yeah. the games. <laughs> y'all y'all can y'all can afford it. The players' association should just come out and say we're gonna we're gonna donate. But you can't expect the owners of the teams of the WNBA teams to foot it because they are all losing money there. It's hemorrhaging money. And you can't expect to go to the owners and say, hey, we want you to fund that without them taking it out of your wallet because they've lost enough. It, you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of like that old movie. Uh, I love referencing it all the time, but uh, JFK, if you ever watched the old movie JFK, the Kevin Costner, JFK, and there's a scene where right right before they're planning the the JFK assassination, they've got all the generals in the room, and they're going back and forth about how, how Kennedy wants to do this, he wants to do that, and and he's gonna and, he, and he's making them all mad across the board. And finally, someone you know leans forward and goes, "I think it's just gonna be easier to kill that sob." <laughs> Right. That's what someone's going to say about the day. It's going to be a lot easier just to shut this league down. Cause it's not making us a dime. A lot of people talk, but they won't back it up with the money. Yeah. Kyrie, you're making plenty of money and you're not playing all the games. So yeah. Take some of that money. All those millions of dollars that are spent when the players are sitting on their behind watching the game, calling it load management, 
that's a load of crap. Uh, there's another term they're using now is it's load management and it's, um, I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's fancy talk for, we want to extend our careers and make as much money as we can. And we don't want to give the paying fan the ability to see us, but can you imagine a kid getting excited to go see the Atlanta Hawks and they drive 100, 200 miles from wherever they live and they get to the stadium and it's going to be the Hawks versus we'll even say the Lakers as much as I'm not a LeBron fan, right? And you get to the stadium and you find out that Trey and LeBron are sitting out today. It's actually kind of funny you say that. Did you see the Jimmy Butler story with the fan uh, a couple of days ago? Uh, basically what happened, and for those who haven't, so basically a kid went to a game and he was there to see Jimmy Butler. He made a sign that he flew over 4,400 miles just to see him, and he sat out. So Jimmy Butler caught wind of this, and they actually got him down courtside seats. And even though Butler wasn't playing, he was able to talk and hang out with Butler for a little bit because he saw the sign. Yeah, but that's the one rare kid. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Everyone else gets screwed. This There's was the one dozens of people screwed. in that stadium, hundreds of people in that stadium that night that came there excited to watch their, their one of their favorite players play and all around the league. And they didn't play. The other night, I think it was what is today, uh, Thursday night, so Tuesday night, and the game was on national television. And typically I watch the Celtics when they're on national television, I couldn't stomach it. They were playing Miami and four of the five stars, four, four of the six regulars were sitting out. Somehow Boston almost won the game. But my point is like, what is the point? And that's why I don't bet NBA because you cannot rely on any of them showing up to well, work. And even fantasy basketball I do is way less fun because I set my roster in the morning and then you get off work and you find out half your roster ain't playing anymore because it's like, come on. I quit I quit doing uh, fantasy NBA, and as much as I've tried to do it, the only thing I will do is like best ball where I just draft a team to right. offer setting a lineup because it's garbage. It's exactly what you said. Look, we all know these guys that play in the, play in the sports that play more than 16, 17 games a year like football. We know there's going to be days they don't play but the amount that they don't play in the NBA is absurd. Yes. You know, Typically, when you go to the ballpark and you go to Truist to go check out the Atlanta Braves, you know there is a very good chance that you're going to get to see, barring injury, you're going to get to go see Acuna and Ozzy. And you know, before last couple of years, it was Dansby and Freeman, but now it's Matt Olson and Money Mike. And you're, you know, you're excited. And this year you'll be excited to go see Sean Murphy. You can't get that same level of excitement to go to a basketball game anymore because years ago I went to a Hawks game living in Nashville. I, I, I drove down to watch them play the Celtics and Larry Bird was on the court, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you know how unglued I would have came if they would have all been taking the day off. Oh, well, Bird and Mikhail and Dennis Johnson and Robert Paris are having maintenance days. When my dad took me as a kid, before we got a little breaking news here, actually, that Dan Quinn has told teams that he is staying in Dallas and he will not be going for a head coaching gig. 
Uh, so that's a little bit of news here from Todd Pelissero. He got it looked like he was going to get a second interview with the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know what happened there. That he doesn't want to coach that team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> he's holding out for when Sean Payton comes to the door and McCarthy kicks kicks it and he's going to be the defensive coordinator on the Dallas Cowboys 2023 Super Bowl champion team. Yeah, I can't decide if Peyton's going to go back to TV or get one of these. He's going to coach. I, I'm positive he's going to coach. Where? I Not can't believe options. I can't believe the Chargers didn't go after him. Right? There's not many good options. I mean, God, it's set up perfectly. Herbert and Keenan Allen and Williams and and uh, Eckler and a very well, good, talented defense. That team has more recognition than eighty percent of the NFL teams. And Brandon Staley's Khalil Mack, Derwin James, and, and Brandon Staley's going out there and kick the can around and lose and lose. He'll be around five hundred next year, and then he'll get fired. Sean Payton will be sitting in Dallas and all the fans are going, man, what could have been? Maybe then the Chargers get Mike McCarthy. <laughs> There's a couple other spots that I, that, I, that I think he could land, but we don't have time today. What's your walk-off? Uh, my walk-off for today is, uh, man, I'm just ready for the weekend, get through these next couple of days of work, and I'll be watching my Bulls tonight. Uh they're having a very up and down season, so not much to watch there. But a little NBA tonight before we get to football this weekend. Yeah, the Knicks uh, and Celtics are on tonight. I'll, I'm going to flip over. I'm really more interested uh, tonight. Uh, my uh, lock today today is a uh, Michigan State minus two and a half. They're at home against Iowa, and Iowa's got a couple like of that. injuries that they're battling, and I think Michigan State's going to uh, right the ship from the embarrassment on Sunday. Yeah, they took my Bulls off TNT. That's how bad they're doing. They replaced it with the Celtics next game. So that's just how much it says about yeah, the Celtics my- are are planning on having most of their smart won't be there, but he's out to the middle of February. But uh, all right, brother. Well, great job. We will see you uh, Sunday for the, yep. the kickoff show and uh, have a great night and good luck to your Bulls. Can't wait. Thank you. Go Celtics as well. Y'all keep it locked in here. Top of the hour. What is the hell's going there we go. Sorry, wrong button. Keep it locked in here. Top of the hour. Sports Map Radio. First name sports is on the way. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember.
or something up this. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia.